Welcome to Catch the Fire Toronto's weekly sermon podcast. This message was recorded live at Catch the Fire Church in Toronto, Canada. We hope you enjoy it. Church is sharing. So here's the passage that we're looking at last week, today, and next week. And so all three talks that we're going to have are sort of, this is what the very first church was like. And so we're just sort of repeating the basics. And just to let you know, we're, every Sunday we're sharing a video and if you missed it, we showed it right at the very beginning. Good news, you, if you missed it, you can watch the, I was going to say the rerun. <laughs> That's not it. Go to our YouTube channel or social media on Tuesday. It's going to be on there as well. But uh, every Sunday, there's a little video. Today was all about churches, us. It's all different kinds of people that make up church. And today we're going to be talking about churches sharing. Here's the passage. They, how many of you are they? Anyone who attends a church, that's you. I'm a they. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. Fellowship is hanging out, enjoying each other. To the breaking of bread, we just did that, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the, by the apostles. All the believers were together, and they had everything in common. We're going to talk about that. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved, those who were being born again. And friends, in this passage, there's three uh, ways in which the generosity of that church, the sharing, is, uh, is demonstrated. And the first is, it says that everybody was a generous person. Everyone was willing from time to time to have things in common. And friends, here's, here's the interesting thing that seems to have happened when the Holy Spirit came in Acts chapter 2, and it says that there was like 13 different languages, different cultural groups are named in that passage in Acts chapter 2. They're visiting from out of town. They're, they're coming from, for maybe days walk, maybe even a month long to be able to get to Jerusalem. And now they've experienced the Holy Spirit. Now they're born again, and the church starts to meet, and they're going, I, I don't want to go home yet. I, I want to just stay and grow and learn how to be a follower of Jesus. And it would appear that all of these thousands of people, many of them out-of-towners, are staying, and they've run out of cash. They came for a weekend, had enough money for a weekend. Remember, no credit cards, friends. They came enough money for a week or supplies or food, but if they're going to stay and be part of this local church, they got nothing. They're like brand-new Canadians, mostly come with nothing. And who looked after them? The believers did, the people who were living in Jerusalem. And it would appear that this passage is saying that right away, everyone got involved to be able to help these new ones that are choosing to be a part of this church, whether for a week, for a month, or they're, they're going to just get up and move to Jerusalem be part of this church. Everybody began to help out. And I love that. Uh, we have a, a couple that are part of the church. I saw them this morning and um, came as refugees. Our church sponsored them a number of years ago. Manir uh, is his name. He's on our maintenance team. He was helping to clean the building. And uh, we sponsored them. Mom, dad, five kids uh, helped them come out of Pakistan. And I can remember <laughs> that we had to do everything. They, we helped to get them an apartment. We helped to get them clothes. We helped to um, furnish them the very first Christmas because they came early December. And Kids Church upstairs had an incredible Christmas party just for these kids. New Canadians, don't speak the language. And 
we've been helping that family for a number of years, and now they're established, and now they're helping others. That's what the church did. Rodney and Maria, if you guys don't mind coming up and grabbing the microphone over here, that'd be great. Number two is the church had a few people from time to time who were extravagant givers. And it says they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And the very first person that is mentioned in the scriptures that did this was a guy named Barnabas. And it would appear that he was a business person because it says that he sold property on the island of Crete, I think it was. He's like selling a condo, a vacation house that he has. And not everybody, it didn't say that everyone did this, but it's, it's highlighting that a few people were very, very generous. And friends, in the life of this church, our church is uh, started in 1988. And in the life of our church, we've had some individuals from our church who at different times have been extraordinarily generous, extravagant. About three years ago, someone who I do not know who it is paid off the church's mortgage, $1.3 million. That was a good day. I can remember the first time that a gentleman uh, who's a part of our church today came into my office and the Holy Spirit had told him that he needed to write a big check, and he did, $400,000. It was like, oh my goodness, I've never received a check on behalf of our church that big ever before. I can remember years, years ago, maybe nine years ago, and our sister church in Montreal, Catch the Fire in Montreal, was in a, they were renting a section of a Home Depot. And over, like their, their church is growing and expensive uh, property in Montreal. And the city of Montreal has a bylaw which no new churches are allowed to be built in the city of, of Montreal. No, no new builds for churches. If you're a church that's starting, all you can do is rent or you have to buy an existing building, but a new building cannot be built in Montreal. That's one of the, the rules that they're having. And so every time there's a building that came up for sale, it'd be a bidding war between multiple faiths. And it just was getting really awkward. And here's, this is a crazy story, people. A real estate agent was driving along whatever that street is, like say Eglinton in Montreal, and saw this church, saw the sign, saw all the cars, maybe got confused with Home Depot cars, I don't know, but he saw all these cars and he's thinking, those guys need to find a building. I can probably make some money off of those guys. He, as he turned the corner onto St. Charles, which is again a major street in Montreal, he saw a Baha'i building and saw like three cars, four cars, and he's going, those guys don't need their building. I'm gonna get those guys to buy this building. And he went into the Baha'i people and he said, I've got a buyer. He did not have a buyer, he was lying. I have a buyer, are you willing to sell? Okay. Went to the church, to uh, Jerry and Marcia who are the pastors, and said, I've got a church building for you. And they go, what? I've got a building for you and uh, they're willing to sell. Whereabouts, just around the corner. When Jerry and Marcia heard about that, it was like, oh my goodness, have you told anyone else? Talking to the real estate, no, 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 we haven't done that. Shh, don't tell anyone else. We don't want to get it in bidding war. The problem was they didn't have the cash. John Arnott, our founding pastor, heard about that and on a Sunday morning here in Toronto. John Arnott said, we need to help our brothers and sisters in Montreal. They need a huge amount of cash. And that Sunday morning, we raised $170,000. But friends, here's how it works. Almost every time that there's a, if I could say it, a big amount... There's one or two people 
who God speaks to to be extravagant. And that Sunday, one person gave 100,000. One person gave 30,000, and everyone else gave a combination of 40,000. And friends, that's the way the church usually is, is that everyone does a little bit, and some people, the Lord say, do a big bit. Yep, Rodney and Maria, come on up here. I want to highlight two of our extravagant givers, not so much about money, but their lifestyle. So this is Rodney Maria Shunker, and I found out this morning, because we did the same interview, they came to Canada in 1994 from Pakistan, and how much was in your bank account? Uh, $2,500. <laughs> $2,500, and you had three, three kids? Three kids. How old was David and Jonathan? Jonathan was eight, David was six, five, six, and Abigail was two. <laughs> Abigail was two. Yeah. They're all now married, yep. and their oldest son, John, Jonathan is one of the pastors at Catch Fire Raleigh Ronnie. Uh, in the States. And uh, you guys came like most new Canadians and you're just starting out. But eight years ago, you guys began a business. So they have a mortgage broker business. It's called Kingdom Mortgages. Mortgages. And uh, they named it Kingdom Mortgages because they were making a declaration that this is going to be a kingdom business. And for some of you, 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 you weren't able to be a part of it, but we had a summer teaching series to help people start a small business, and Rodney was one of those people, and it was all about a kingdom business, and a kingdom business is that you're not just making money for you, you're making money for the kingdom. And so, friends, here's what I want to say about this amazing couple. Rodney and Maria train people from our church and other churches, followers of Jesus, how to start a business, and they train them how to start a mortgage business that is going to be in direct competition to them once they're trained. Yep. Why would you do that? Steve, uh, as our business grew, first we started off as BeHouseRich.com. That was the name of our business. And then as we matured into it, God gave us a roadmap for the business. And the business was to bless the kingdom of God. And we said it's going to be kingdom mortgages. So everything we do is with that mindset of sharing and giving. And uh, God has just blessed us. So we don't see anyone as competition. We see them as family. Uh, we are blessed, and we want to make sure that we are a blessing to the others, right? We need to, we need to be extravagant. And because I heard Rodney's talk in the summer series that we did, Rodney shared that every year you're having incredible Multiple, multiple growth. You're like you're 10x, you're past that, aren't you? In double digits. So last year, the volume we hit in 2020, we achieved that mid-year 2021. So we've now we are going to double our volume again. 100% growth a year after year. Growth. I mean, I'm not talking about a few hundred, like yeah, we are talking about millions. So God has just blessed us. <laughs> God has blessed you. Yeah. Yep. Friends, in the scriptures, as I mentioned this, the very first person to be recognized as being an extravagant person was Barnabas. If you read after chapter 2, you hear his story, that he sold a vacation property to be able to bless the church. doesn't say what the offering was for, but that's what this person did. And it would appear that he was a business person because I'm not aware of any of the apostles owning vacation property in the Mediterranean. Business people own property in the Mediterranean. Rodney's not there yet, but sooner or later... He'll be, he'll be in that category. Anyways, 
Barnabas's reward from the Lord was that he began to move into an opportunity where when the very first Gentile church started in the city of Antioch, the apostles sent him. And there was something on Barnabas that they just saw. And Bible says it, he was an encourager. His life was to encourage other people. And they said, well, if there's a very interesting new church started where they're not Jews, they're Greek people in the city of Antioch in modern-day Syria, how would you like to be the team leader? And so, friends, when we're generous, the Lord always pours back. For them, it's finances. But the Lord always, when we're extravagant, he pours back into us. Yes or no, Rodney? 200%. 200%. Perfect. I'd like us, I'd like to just challenge you, friends. If you feel that in your lifetime, you'd like to do one extraordinary gift or more, extravagant gift, way past your ability to give, I'd like you to stand and going to get Maria and Rodney to pray for you. If you'd like to be in that club that occasionally just you're ahead of everyone else, you're the, you're the pace setter in terms of your giving, can I get you to stand up? And I'm standing on this one, friends, because, yep, we've already had one person write a check for a million, uh, but we need to have... Amen. A few Amen. other people do that kind of stuff. Okay, Maria and Rodney, how about we pray for these guys? So, Father, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you, Lord God, for the anointing, as it were, Lord God, in our spirits, Lord God, that you have witnessed in us, Lord God, to be givers, Lord God. And, Father, in giving, Lord God, you have not only multiplied all that we've given, but, Lord, you've allowed us to be a blessing to others. So, Father, I just pray that for the congregation over here, Lord God, for people who need to understand the principle of tithing and giving and sharing, Lord God. Father, I pray for a release in the spirits, Lord God. Father, for you, by your Holy Spirit, to come through for them, Lord God. And give them breakthroughs in their, in their finances, Lord God, in, in things that really matter. So, Father, I just pray that you would release their finances, Lord God. Bring them out of that curse, Lord God, of withholding from you. And, Father, I pray for a release in them, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus, that you're... You're, uh, you're Jehovah Jireh, you're a king, you're a king of the entire world, Lord God, the universe. And Father, we can never be, we can never give you enough, we can never say thank you enough. So Father, I just pray for that um, acknowledgement in each of our lives, Lord God, just to acknowledge that who you are in our lives, Lord God, and pray for that release on individuals, Lord God, who are struggling financially, Lord God. I pray for breakthroughs, Lord God, and I pray for, for a generous spirit in, in, in their lives, Lord God, to just give and be blessed by you and, and to test you, Lord God, to test you that your word is true, that you will multiply all that they give a hundredfold, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Maria. We didn't get you to say something. What would you like to say? Last, last word to the lady. <laughs> last word. You get to preach for two minutes. Go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Steve is not uh, anymore about us. It's what, about all about God and what he's given us and what he's doing in our lives. And it's really a blessing to see how he's multiplied all that he's given us. Because as we give out, we find that we can't outgive God. And he's just been blessing us and he's been uh, putting us in places where we can be a blessing to others. And to come to that place of rest and peace in him so that we can give him the glory, the honor and the praise that's due his holy name. And our prayer is always that... Uh, 
uh, he would give us clean hands and a pure heart that we would continue to serve him and continue to walk in his ways so that he, we would be a light to the nations and be a light to everyone around us and continue to bless those whom we come in contact with. Amen. Amen. Good. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. There's a verse in Proverbs that Sandra and I try to live by as well, and it just happened to come up in our Bible reading last week, and it's, if you choose to refresh others in their finances, the Lord refreshes you. And uh, I shared this in the first meeting, but Sandra and I, it's, it's not an exact thing, but we attempt to give away $500 a week just to random people. And it's part of our, if the Bible says you can live like this, we want to live like this. So yesterday, uh, sorry, not yesterday, Friday morning, I'm in my local Metro grocery store, and uh, we got a shopping cart full of stuff because we have a couple barbecues that were scheduled Friday night and today. Uh, and we had uh, lots of stuff in the cart, and we're at one of the check-ins, and right beside us is the check-in for the Express, like eight people, 12 people, you know those check-ins? We don't qualify. We got way more than that. But there's nobody in that queue, and the lady waves us over. And as soon as we got in the queue, guess what? People are standing behind us now, and they're looking at my cart, and it's like it's full, and they're going, I don't know that they were doing that, but I just felt they're doing that. So the guy who was right behind, uh, I just walked closer to him, and I said, sir, um, apologies for taking so long. We were in the other queue, and the girl invited us over. And he looked at me, and he goes, are you judging me? And it was like, and I'm going, no, I was just trying to give an explanation because if I'm in your spot, I am judging. And so we sort of had a little chuckle. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, get ready to pay for him. So it's like, okay. And I looked in his cart. He had a huge piece of roast beef. It was like, oh, what's $30? Anyways. <laughs> and uh, so I haven't said anything yet. And the cashier, you know, she rings us up and she says, do you have air miles? And I go, no, because I don't. And then I had a thought. I said, sir, do you have air miles? And he goes, yeah, I do. And by the time he got his air miles out, she goes, oh, I'm so sorry. I said no, and it can't go. I can't reverse it. It's like, ah, so I definitely got to buy you now, don't I? Buy your groceries. So anyways, I said, sir, for the inconvenience of you losing my air miles and for you having to spend extra time, I'm going to pay for your groceries. And he's like, no, no, no. You don't need to do that. I can afford this. And I go, yeah, I know, but you don't understand something. And here's my opportunity. I said, I'm a follower of Jesus. And I try to be what the Bible says and be a generous person. And so I try to give away 500 a week. My wife's ahead of me so far this week. I got to catch up. Um, I don't think I said that. I just said, anyways, I'm just saying that because Sandra's right here. And anyways, I explained to him and he's like, really, really? So I need to pay for you. He goes, okay. Friends, this is how the church was so unique that daily people were giving their lives to Jesus. It was because of the generosity of people. So the third thing is this. Everybody was gracious. They were gracious hosts. They would have people to their homes for meals. They would have people for barbecues. They'd have, take people for coffee. This was part of the lifestyle of this church. Of You have some that are giving away big amounts, and some are just buying coffee. But it all counts. And it all characterizes the church as a church that shares what they have. And so friends, here's the bottom line. Number one, live for others, what's mine is yours. I don't own anything, friends. Everything I have is a gift from God. Rodney and Maria came with nothing, 
and now the Lord's blessed them. That's how I entered the world, nothing. I didn't even arrive with a diaper. Had to be provided for me, yep. Number two is we're giving for others, and sometimes it's gonna be my turn to be the extreme giver. And number three, I can love everyone of just being a, a host. Church, how about you stand up with me? I wanna pray for everyone this morning, and for those of you that are online, just to let you know, in a few minutes, we're gonna send you to the, uh, to the prayer rooms, so we'll give you some instructions. Sandra, do you wanna come on up and help me pray? Just close your eyes, friends. So many different ways in which the church can be characterized. And sadly, in our city, I think most people have a real negative reputation or thought of what the church is. They don't see church people as nice and kind. They see them, you know, however they see them. And it would appear that this church in Jerusalem, the very first church that started, they were known for being generous, for sharing. And the end of that passage says that every single day, people became followers of Jesus. And sharing and being generous is one of them. And so church, here's what I want to encourage you to do. Do not hesitate when you give money away to someone, see someone on the street, do not hesitate when you're at Tim Hortons and you do it to pay it forward to say the reason you're doing that is because you're a follower of Jesus. Just say that. I'm a follower of Jesus. I believe in being generous. I'm going to pay you for your coffee. Start declaring that. And people who don't know Jesus are going to start hearing this over and over and over and are going to go, oh my goodness, the Christian church are generous people. It's one of the ways we win people to Jesus is by our generosity. So, Father, would you help us with that, please? And, Father, I recognize that some of us are living below standard. We're living below the, the average. I found out this week, friends, that the average, or sorry, the city of Toronto was saying that the average that you need to have to be above the poverty line, household income, is $98,000. Sandra and I are way under that. Most of you are way under that. And yet, Father, somehow, here we are. We're able to be generous at all times. We're able to love other people unconditionally through blessing them with finances. Rodney and Maria giving people jobs and helping them start a business. Father, may that be true of all of us. Even if it's just a simple thing like having someone to our house for a meal. We're beginning to be generous. We're beginning to live for others. We're beginning to be extravagant. We're beginning to hear what's on the heart of people as we have those conversations. We're beginning to just drop a little statement, a little question into people's heart like the guy I bought his groceries for of, okay, that's what followers of Jesus do. They live to give. And Father, I thank you for the example of this church in the book of Jerusalem. And Father, may catch the fire, be like that, and may we continue to be like that. We hope you encounter God and were inspired by this message today. To watch video of this message and other messages from Catch the Fire in Toronto, visit catchthefire.tv. Catch the Fire has churches, schools, events, missions, and media all around the world. 
To find out more, visit catchthefire.com. <laughs>